Verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. The key verse is verse 38. We'll read that again. You are very familiar with this. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. We want to continue in this vein, welcoming Jesus into your house. And so, Prophet Massey, if you would pray over God's word. God, we love you. We thank you for your presence that we feel already that's been manifested here from the beginning. God, I thank you for your anointed vessel. I thank you for the word that is not going to return void. We want to yield unto your spirit, God. Once again, we pray against pride or anything, God, that would hold us back from making the right decision because I know that you're knocking at the door, God, and we want to answer the door. Your word says, seek and ye shall find, knock, and it'll be opened unto you, God. That's good. We want to receive it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands to being seated. This is the hand of Massey do outstanding in that corporate prayer. She told us, she told her dad, hold on, I can handle it. <laughs> Verse 38. Let me get, let me put that car on the side just for a little bit. Whew. That girl preached in that first service. I mean, I my, my she preached so good that my socks that was down, they came all the way up my legs. She, <laughs> here, here we go. We we shouldn't be it shouldn't be long in, in this, but it, uh, I, I was just gonna just talk about in it. Explain in details, but I feel like the Lord said I, I have to put some some scripture to this, and we're just going to look at one one story today when we get there. And I I really believe God's going to fill someone with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. A lot of people, I believe, someone was filled this morning in the first service. I believe that with all my heart. I believe somebody on live stream was filled with the Holy Ghost. Powerful word, powerful word. So here the scripture said, now it happened as they went. We know it's Jesus leading his disciples. His disciples never led him. He led them and they followed. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. Now somewhere along the line, he he told them, y'all need to just hold up right here I got to take care of something. He went to a certain village, and we understand that the Lord does things. He don't waste words. He don't waste time. The Lord does things with intention and with purpose. 
It was a reason why he went to a certain village. He didn't go to any village, but a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha. Now, listen, God went all out of his way to position himself to give this lady an opportunity. If she decided to reach out to him, he would be right there. I don't think there's no greater example than what we heard today. When the Lord just pinpoint whoever that man was, he didn't have to say his name. He could have. And the Lord said, I'm going to keep showing you. And I use the handmaiden of the Lord. This is how God knocks at the door of mankind. And so here, a certain village, when, when he gets to a certain village, the certain woman named Martha, it said that she welcomed him into her house. King James said that she received him into her house. And so receiving him into her house, that means he came up under her roof. He brought his physical presence into her dwelling place. And when he got in the dwelling place of Martha's house, because she opened the door and allowed him in, the Lord made known, he made his presence known in her house. The next scripture said, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And so they heard the word, the sayings of God in Martha's house. He made his presence known by speaking his word in their house. It's the same way when the Lord, when we welcome him in, when we receive God in our house, he will make his presence known by speaking his word in our house. And so, we know that the Lord, in principle, we can find it is a gentleman. He's not going to force anyone to receive him. It's not going to happen. He's not going to make anybody receive him. But the Lord would do everything he can to put himself in a position that if you decide to open up and reach for him, then God is going to be right there. And so, Sister Madeline, let's go to Revelations 3 and verse 20. And we'll, we'll be doing it this, this way again, Sister Madeline. I don't know when I'm going to get back to having scriptures on Wednesday. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm giving to you ahead of time there. Yeah, before, I'll just pick you. Revelations 3 and 20. Now watch this here. Behold. I stand at the door and knock. Now, Sister Melon, who is that I that's standing at the door? Jesus. Jesus. So he, he's letting them know, I'm the one that's standing at your door. Did not the Lord say that through the gifts of the Spirit? He said, I, I'm standing at the door. The door for you and I, it is our heart. 
It is a passageway. It is a entranceway. It is a portal that allow a person uh, a way to enter. I stand at the door and knock. And so we understand that the door, again, is our heart. It is our mind. It is our reasoning. It is our thinking ability. It is the place where we put principles and concepts together. So God said, I stand at the door. I stand at your heart and I knock. What is God knocking with? He's knocking with the word. If he's dealing with the mind and the reasoning and the understanding, then he's trying to put something there that you can grasp and get a hold of. And so God, when a person is seeking him, he's going to give them limited understanding so they can make a decision. And so whoever was watching, and listen, God gave them understanding through the word today. He said, are you going to open up to me and let me show you everything that I have for you? God knocks with his word. So I'm standing at the door and, I, and I'm knocking. God said, I'm knocking uh, with my word. What's the next part, Sister Mellon? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So here it is again. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone, it doesn't matter. If anyone hears uh, the sound, the, the noise, you give audience to the sound, the noise of his voice, of the language, of the sayings of God. And when you give audience to the, to the sound, the noise, the language, the sayings of God, and you sit there and God allow you to understand what you're hearing and what he's saying. And there is a connection that is made in your heart. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, in other words, open your heart completely and don't let tradition be a hindrance to opening the door and allow God to speak to you. If anyone opened the door, he said, he said, hey, I'm going to come in to him. Wait a minute. He, he's not talking about a physical structure. He's speaking in, in like a physical sense. But it's a spiritual principle. I will come in. He's coming in where? He's coming in as a spirit. He's coming in. He's coming in to you. I will come in and dine with him. The word of God, we don't have time to get into this, is also called food. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I will come in. And when I come in, I'm going to dine with you. I am going to feed you the spiritual food that's necessary. I'm going to give you knowledge and understanding. I'm going to dine with you. 
and you dine with me. And then you can turn and ask me some questions or bring your petition to me. When you open the door, he's going to come in. He's going to make his presence known. How? By dining with you. And whatever he began to speak on the inside of you, he's going to use your mouth to express that beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is dwelling on the inside of you. Do I have any witnesses in the house? How many know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is dwelling on the inside? How many has allowed God to dine with you? How many has allowed God to express to you his presence on the inside? And so we just want to drive this point home. The point we want to drive home before we get to this story is that he's talking about coming in this body. 2 Corinthians 6, and I believe Sister Mellon, verse 16. And then we'll get to our story. If you dare say amen. All right. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Okay, so we're going to start right here. Now, when we first read this, if God don't give us understanding, they can relate to this because when they think about temple, they think about a place like this. The temples, the synagogues they had was called temples. It's the, the, the Ark of the Covenant uh, dwelled, uh, at least uh, in, in some place in the Old Testament, the one that God had them put together, the Ark of the Covenant dwelled in the temple. The presence of God dwelled in the temple. And they would come to the temple in order to have an encounter with God. The temple was God's dwelling place. It was where God abode. And so that's the reason why they had these temples they had to go to. And so he's telling them, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? The Lord was very strict on how his temple was to be constructed and put together. And what would go on the inside of the temple? And there was no place in the temple of God for idols. An idol could be material. It can be finances. It, it can be personalities. It is whatever you love more than you love God. And for different people, there's different things that are idols, and I think that was dealt with today in the, in the preaching of the word. He said, so what agreement has the temple of God with idols? How can I tell somebody, I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm a child of God, but I love something else more than I love God. It's sending a mixed message. Matter of fact, I think it was Monday night how God moved on you and used you. There was some powerful stuff about 
idols. And listen, I know God was speaking. And whoever God was speaking to, they know God was speaking. Because they have done exactly what God allowed to come out of her mouth. What God has given as a gift, they're trying to live their life through that individual. Well, we'll move on from there. For one agreement has to temper God with idols. Now he's telling us what the temple is he's talking about. Let's, let's go a little farther, Sister Madeline. For you are the temple of the living God. So somebody point to the person next to him and say, you're the temple of the living God. Hey, Jason. You're tired, man. But you're the temple of the living God. For Jason, your spirit. I would have never known. I've been trying to practice how to just sit in my eyes closed and I look like I'm paying attention. He got it, man. I'm just picking. I'm just picking. Don't mess with him, mom and dad. Do not mess with him. And so he said, we, we, we are the temple. We are the dwelling place. We are the place where God wants to take up permanent resident we are the temple of the living god let's keep going as god has said i will dwell in them he's gonna do what dwell in them and where in them and in them watch this here and walk among them i will be their god and they shall be my people and so here it is again when, when God knocks at the door, he knocks with his word, and he give us understanding. It is up to you and I, as, as Prophet Master said, it's up to us to open a door and receive him. If we receive him into our house, just like when he was received by Martha, he's going to make his presence known that he is in your house by speaking the sayings of God in your house. We're going to get there in just a second. I don't, I don't understand how people tell you that you don't have to receive the Holy Ghost in. Uh, you, you don't, you won't speak in tongues when you receive the Holy Ghost. I don't know what Bible they're reading, but when the Lord come in, He's going to let you know that He is in your house. And God is the one that chose the universal sign. It is supernatural. It is miraculous. It is a miracle that will be manifest in your body. So let's get to this one story we're going to look at. Acts chapter 10. But it's a lot of scriptures. Uh, Acts 10. And be ready for me uh, when I get there, Sister Madeline. Uh, it'll be, and Pastor R. Jackson hit it. It'll be March 16, excuse me, Matthew 16, and we'll begin around verse 13. But it's going to be just a little bit before we get there. And Brother Mike Johnson, the way you pray, 
That's the way I want you to pray today. I'm going to explain some things in detail. But I felt the Holy Ghost when you prayed. Even your wife eyes just went like this. You shocked her praying like that. <laughs> she starts speaking in tongues. I'm thinking, good night, bro. You know, I'm just picking. But it's powerful, powerful. Acts 10, verse 1. Notice the word in here. There was a certain man. There, there's the word certain again. In Caesarea. Called Cornelius, a centurion, a centurion, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. King James said Italian band, and one guy preached on the, the, the musical band of the centurion, and people got the Holy Ghost. The guy was sincere. He was sincerely wrong. That Italian regiment, he was a military man. Probably the Air Force. No, they didn't have Air Force then. I felt you, Brother Salazar. I felt your spirit. I felt, I felt you, bro, all these Army people sitting together. But there's one Air Force right there, and he said, just take one Air Oh, there's a Marine over there. I'm, I'm, you know what? I just need to stick to ministering the Word of God. Marine there, and Air Force there. He was over 100 men. This is unique. A certain man, God would go out of his way for those that are trying to find him. In a certain place, Caesarea, called his name, mentioned what he was in charge of. Now watch verse 2. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household. They were devout. When you look it up, it, it talks about religious. We understand, I think, in Acts 17, religious sometimes means superstitious. He was devout. In other words, with what he knew and what he understood, he was devoted to it. He gave his best to it. But even though being religious or superstitious, the true definition of that word is that he served a God that he didn't have true knowledge of that God. And John 4 and 24 said a true worshiper will worship God in spirit and in truth. And so he didn't have truth and he didn't have everything that was necessary, but God and knowledge where he was at. And so I'm talking to people that's probably watching my live stream today. And the Lord had already said for me to say this, that you have somewhat a relationship with God. And you are living for him to the best of your ability and what you know. But God is knocking at your door. Not mankind, but God. And God wants to show you everything that's necessary according to his word. Not everybody that called on the name of the Lord is saved. He was a devout man. He was devoted. He was dedicated to what he knew, even though he didn't know or have knowledge of the true God. Not only was he devout, 
He taught his household. He taught his own flesh and blood along with his servants. He was a devout man and one who feared God. He honored God. He reverenced God. He taught his servants. He taught his household. And what else, Sister Marilyn? Oh, I'm reading. And who, who also gave arms to the people. And he prayed to God always. You know I'm getting old. So, I'm just waiting. She's just letting me wait. Um, Bishop, you told me go somewhere else, and that's where I'm at. Golly, brother Mike, you didn't help a brother out of what, you know? So he was a compassionate giver. When someone had a need and he was aware of it, he gave to them, and he prayed to God always. He had a consistent prayer life. Verse 30 said that, He fasted also. Religious standards would say, if this man were to die, that he is saved and he would make it to the kingdom of God. That's what religious standards says. But that's not the word of God. He didn't have everything that was necessary. But he loved God, and God said, I'm going to put myself in a position. I'm going to knock at his door, and if he opened the door, I'm going to give him everything that he needs to make it to the kingdom of God. That's why I enjoyed the word so much this morning. We must have a clear sound that's coming out of this body. We must be a light that shines in the midst of darkness. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Especially from people that have left us, even in this city. They're thinking they're having a move of God. They're having a move. But it's not of the God that we serve. And you can look at that and you can think, well, they are a Cornelius if they're willing to listen. But everybody's not willing. When God knocks at the door, I can tell some of you in here, you got family, you got relatives that are not in truth. But every time you walk before them, you are testifying to them. And God is using you as a living testimony to knock at their door. I feel the Holy Ghost. Every time, man, I'm just going to say it. Every time they see you and her, you're knocking at their door. You don't have to say a word. You are a written epistle. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say, I don't care if you get back to them. Every time they see you, Sister Ellie, every time they see you, every time they see you, you are a written epistle. You remind them of what they used to have. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You remind them that God is still God. And his word is still true. 
And there is a group of people that's going to hang on no matter what the world says. So every time, I'm just telling you, bro, just I felt it every time. And listen, I'm, I am off track. I know you feel it when you're around them, and you feel it. And they will love, Brother Mike, they will love to take him down, and they'll love to take your wife down. But they're not going to do it because, Dad, you're going to stand. If you have to step in there... He doesn't understand some things that he's going through right now. But I'm telling you, I don't know when, but there's a time this young man will be full time in the ministry. I'm telling you right now, I don't know when God's going to do it, but God has given him some things that you can only get by experience. Somebody say amen. Listen. Oh, man, I'm getting off track. What God has for us, the Lord had to prepare Joseph. He may have used the hands of his brothers, but the pit prepared him for the palace. And the palace prepared him for the prison. But the prison prepared him to lead God's people. Come on, somebody. I make no apologies about where we stand when it comes to the truth of God's word. Man, I am off track. Let, let me, we we got to pray some people through. You, you can be seated, Jesus. But look, that was God. So here, wherever here it was, in verse 3. This man seemed like he'd done everything right. And it's obvious he was blessed by God. But he was praying. The Bible said about the ninth hour of the day, about 3 o'clock in the evening. Who prays at 3 in the evening? I don't know. He saw clearly in a vision when, when he was praying. Who was he praying to? He was praying to God. He saw clearly in a vision an angel a messenger of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, call him by name. Now, look what happened. When he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? He was hesitant because he was trying to figure out, is this the Lord? I'm praying. I'm praying to God. And this vision come, and they call my name. It was the Lord with a small L, lowercase Lord, Lord L, because he didn't know if it was God or not, because he never had that type of visitation before. This is God knocking at the door. Listen, when she was ministering today, my goodness, if this fat boy was able to run and not be out of breath, and need some Gatorade, and my pants will stay up on me. I got the belt all the way over here. I would have ran today. Instead, I ran in place. But God did everything but call that person name, whoever was watching. 
Here he called his name. And so he didn't know if it was God uh, or who it was. He assumed it was because he was praying. So the messenger said to him, your prayers and your compassionate giving has come up for a memorial before God. So his giving and his prayers build a memorial. Every time God would, would, would hear his prayers and see his giving, it just remind God of how much this man is seeking out to him. And the Lord said, I'm going to go knock at his door. I'm going to find out if he really want to know who I am. You know, people can talk about God. They can talk about talk a good game. But when they're confronted with truth, what are you going to do with the truth you're confronted with? That's why God had to send me all the way to the Philippines. Because I couldn't pick up the phone and call daddy. And ask dad, dad, what do you think about this? And whatever dad would have said, I would have took his word without doing the research for myself. And God said, I'm going to get you in a place where you can't pick up the phone. You're going to be confronted with truth and you got a decision to make. So here, he had a decision. Just here, they, th they thought he was talking to himself in there. Now the messenger said, now send men to Joppa and send for one Simon. Look how specific it is. Go to Joppa. Send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, who house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. That's in the new uh, King James. And in the King James, it said he'll tell you what you ought to do. Some of the other translations left that part out. It's not there. Be careful with some of the translations that you use. So why did he say, hey, he's going to tell you what you must do. An angel cannot preach the gospel to you. God was used. He's just a messenger. Somebody said it was right. You said that? Man, your hair looking like mine. Hey, slick. Slick. Made me mess up, man. Hair so, hair so shiny. You know, I, mean, I forgot where I was at. Listen. I'm trying to figure where I was at. He would tell you what you must do. So why did he say that? An angel is a messenger. He's, Brother Neil is right on. Only a messenger. But God will use mankind, a woman of God or a man of God, to preach the gospel. So let's go to Matthew 16 and 13. Here's the reason why. It says, send one to Simon, whose surname is Peter, is going to tell you what you all to do. I'm just seeing if you're smiling, sitting next to you, soon to be hugging. I came here trying to worship. He tapped me on the shoulder. He said, Bishop. That's my girl they're singing. I said, remember this. Once you get married, let her keep singing because you can't, bro. No, I'm just, I'm just picking. I'm just picking. You scream like that when he make you laugh and stuff. Now watch this here. Let, let's read it before I get in trouble. I'm not even looking at my wife. She probably shooting some numbers at me, friend. 
Verse 13, let's, let's, let's read. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, What do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who, I'm sorry, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And remember, Pastor R. Jackson hit some of this this morning. I'm not going to take time to expound upon it. I would love to, but we'll be here for a while, so let's keep going. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In other words, mankind... Did not reveal this to you, but but my Father who is in heaven, in expansion above the earth. In other words, the Spirit revealed it to him. Now watch this here. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the church is a call-out body of believers. Watch this here. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail prevail against it. Now, Professor brought this out, and he, he, he's letting us know, the Lord said, look, they, they, they're, they're going to try and attack the call out by the believers through death. That's talking about dying. He brought it out really good, but it won't prevail. They destroyed Jesus, and the church grows. They came against the apostles, and the church grow, multiply. He said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's not going to prevail. doesn't matter how many dies among us. We just pray they all die in truth. But it's just going to make us preach the gospel just a little bit more harder. Because we want everybody to make it to the kingdom of God. The gates of hell shall not prevail. So, enemy, you might as well stop with all this sickness that you're trying to harm the people of God. It won't work. It just won't work. Oh, somebody ought to say amen. Let me say it again. It won't work. It just won't work. If we lose somebody to death, that one in God is going to make us work that much harder to stop somebody else before they die that they may have this truth. It won't work. Gates of hell will not prevail. Let's read the next scripture. I know we need to hear it. Watch this here. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I will give you the keys, the truths of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth. Whatever you bind on earth and the, the, the cosmos and the inhabitants, whatever you bind can, according to mankind, whatever you bind on earth or in earth, watch this here, will be bound in heaven. Be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth. Whatever you loose on earth. Will be loosed in heaven. So he said, hey, Peter, Pedro, Espanol, yo, yo, yo. That's coming from a bro. Uh, anyway, just so you know, I know you're ready to go. I better quit doing this for show. 
you can't even get this at the store. <laughs> and I know you want more. <laughs> Somebody said, rap bishop. Well, I'm about to lay hands on myself. You like that, Trey? You don't want none of this, man. I'll just pick it. His birthday is on Thanksgiving. Happy birthday, Trey. So Pedro had the keys. So this is why the Lord said back in Acts chapter 10, he said, send for Simon, specific, whose surname is Peter. He's dwelling with Simon a tanner, and his house is by the sea. He's going to tell you what you must do, because Simon Peter had the keys. He had the truths to unlock to this man that had a relationship with God but didn't know or didn't have the knowledge of the true God. So what are you going to do, Cornelius? How are you going to respond to God knocking at your door? Let's go pick it up, Acts 10 and verse 8, I think. Verse 7, and when the angel who spoke to him had departed. Cornelius called, no, yeah, called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continuously. So when he explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. So he's responding to the knock at his door. Now here, here's the love of God. While these men are going to find Simon, whose surname is Peter, the Lord said there's just some traditional things that I got to rid Peter of so he can minister to the people I'm sending unto him. God, in his wisdom, he's going to make sure whoever he sends us to that that person don't have any type of prejudice in their life that would be a hindrance of them telling you about the truth. That's the way God operates. Everybody is welcome here. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. There's no racism in first UPC. God died for everybody. And everybody need to have the opportunity to hear the gospel. I don't get some of these churches. And I'm talking about all races, black churches, white churches, some churches in truth. How in the world are you going to preach racism from your pulpit and say that you represent God? No, you don't. You represent your own kingdom. I'm about to get in trouble. I know people, when they was coming in this truth, 
And in and, and the military, Brother Salazar, when they move us around, it's the people went and they go visit the church and they would tell them, hey, the black church is down there. I didn't know that the call out body of believers was just black. Boy, thank God they never told me that. I would have said, yeah, well, then good. I'm going to church right here. I torment you sitting on your pews. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> and then, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I, for some of my brethren, you, they can't be saying, well, the white man this and the white man's that. That cannot come out of your lips. And believe it, we got some Hispanics that don't like black or white. Go figure. God said, I got to risk some things out of him. When God get ready to pour his spirit out, he's going to pour it out on how many flesh? So it doesn't matter. I don't know who it is from overseas. But I seen where you've been watching this service. And I seen your little symbols and everything. And I'm not saying anything against you. But you may be air. But God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost also. It is for you, sir. And you can have it today. I know we need to hear up. And the next day, verse 9, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went on a housetop to pray about the sixth hour, 12 o'clock. Then he became hungry. It's hungry in your language, but when it's past hungry, it's hungry in my language. He became hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. The Lord allowed this to come on him. Now watch this here. And he saw heaven open and an object like a great sheep bound at four corners descended to him and let down to the earth. Sister Melon, get ready at verse 17 when I get there. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him. And he knew this voice because flesh and blood didn't reveal to him who the Christ was. He knew the voice. He knew the voice from the spirit and he knew the voice from the natural. He knew it was God talking to him. So the voice said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Oh, Peter, man, he, he, he had a little arrogance there, prophet. Watch this here. But Peter said, not so, Lord, exclamation point. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. The Lord didn't address the unclean part. The unclean is the dietary law that they had. He said, I haven't ate anything that violated our dietary law. I haven't done that. But he said, uh, common, we're common. We're Gentiles. They look at us as profane. As abominable, disgusting. I, I never ate anything that the disgusting, abominable people have eaten. He exalted himself above the Gentiles. 
And he let God know, uh-uh, never have I had anything to come with me. That tells what he felt about other races. And so the Bible said, when he said this, God addressed it. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed. Getting that name there, Pastor R. Jackson. You must not call common. In other words, I have cleansed the Gentiles. You can't call them common. You can't call them disgusting. You can't call them an abominable thing. What I have cleansed, don't you ever call common. In other words, friend, there's no race better than anybody else. There's no race above one another. We're all the same in the eyes of God Almighty. And when we make it to the kingdom of God, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, my God is going to be there worshiping the Lord. One blood. All right, let's go a little bit farther. When the Lord told him this, you know he knew that voice. He wasn't going to argue with God. The Bible says, this was done three times and the object was taken up to heaven again. So he began to meditate on this. Believe it or not, we're just about there. He began to meditate on this. Pick it up in verse 17 there, uh, Sister Madeline. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Now look at God. They're knocking at the door, asking questions. Peter's on the housetop meditating on the vision. And the spirit said, hey, there are three men seeking you. And hey, I want you to go down there, go with them, doubting nothing, because I have sent you. Because the first time when he seen they was Gentiles, his tradition would have stopped him. But God just knocked at his door and said, if you let me in, I'll take this out. Now watch this here. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house. He said, man, we want you to come into our house. We want to welcome you. We want to receive you in our house. Watch this last part. And to hear words from you. Oh, and to hear words from you. Now, this, this is going to be something. How do God knock? He knocks with his words. Now, whoever's playing can come on up here and sit, and we're going we're gonna to start strumming a little bit. Now, we're going to start in a little bit strum. Uh, 
Let's skip the verse 24, Sister Madeline. Watch this here. In the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them. Now Cornelius was waiting for them. Watch this here. And had called together his relatives and close friends. I don't know what type of service they had. I heard T-Mobile was pretty good. So they probably used T-Mobile and he called his relatives and close friends. Now watch this here. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met with met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Now, now watch this here. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. Verse 27. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. All right, we're going to stop right there. The Lord told me, prophet, and I think it just ring true at what he spoke through the handmaiden that there are people that sometimes watch it live that God is directing them to watch that will get a hold of us. And the Lord said, you speak it. I bring it to your mind. You speak it. Brother Marty going to get a hold of us, and there's going to be groups of people that don't have a shepherd. And God already spoke that, and they're going to ask us to come. And they're going to have groups that are there waiting. And God said, we're going to speak the word to them, and we're going to watch God fill them all with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's going to do it, Sister Melanie. That may be the way it happened when we go. Well, I can't tell you where I'll go. When we make that trip over there, and we're going. But that's what God said. He said, you're going to be going right along, and we'll be going. I don't know where it's going to be. And this is where you may come into play. Because God said there's going to be groups. God knows what he's doing. If, if God can give dreams like he did Joseph, we know God will deal with these people that he sent into the website. I feel the Holy Ghost. And they'll ask for us. Because that angel that he's going to send to get a vision to cannot preach the gospel to him. Has to be mankind. Has to be a woman of God, or it's going to be a man of God that's going to go. And I want the adversary to know, when God tell us to go, we are going. How many believe that's going to come to pass? Woo! When I got there, I felt the Holy Ghost. So we will be going. You can be seated. I'm just about done. In just a second, in a few minutes, they're going to have to start strumming so you can get happy. Now, when he went in, he saw all these people. And they called them all together. That's the way it used to be, when I used to come home from work. People at the house, Brother Lamar, they got to the place they already moved my coffee table. They moved everything. We called our living room the Holy Ghost filling station. I don't know if God's going to duplicate it like that. I don't know how God's going to do it. But when we get the call, we are going. And it may be one of y'all, we have to come back to the church and pull you up and put you right there. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. Man, I feel God. Some of you, 
You won't be like Pastor Barlow. You won't be like Pastor Moore. Some of you will stay attached. And as much as I don't want to be do a daughter work thing, some of you say a daughter work. Because our organization says that you can't be licensed. That's what the organization said. The law also said David should have been stoned to death. But God said, I make the law. Everybody wants to ignore that. I make the law. And I decide that somebody's going to die. Some of you will stay attached because God has called you the pastor. And it doesn't matter what man has said. I feel the Holy Ghost. They can't stop what God has ordained. We'll leave that alone. We, uh, let's keep going. Watch this here. Well, anyway, so he walked in there. He began to tell them, Peter began to tell them how it came about that he came there. And he said, hey, you know it's unlawful for a Jew to be in the same house as a Gentile. But he said, but the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord straightened me out is really what he said. And so uh, when the Lord told me, uh, you know, that he sent some man for me, I- I'm here. When he finished telling his part of it, Cornelius began to tell his part and how he was praying and how the message of God came and gave him instruction. I'm going to pick it up on verse 32. He says, send therefore to Joppa. This is Cornelius telling how the angel, the messenger of God spoke to him. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner, by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. Now watch this here. Cornelius is, is retelling the story. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we're all present before God. This is the way God says it's going to be, prophet, when we go. To hear all things commanded you by God. He said, we know you're going to speak God's counsel to us. Now, I'm going to pick up in verse 34. I want you to be ready for this here. It's that he's preaching. I'm not going to take the time to expound. Peter began to preach. Keep that in mind. He's preaching. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no plurality. You think after that vision, he know God is not partial. But in every nation, every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him in every nation. The word which God sent, he's preaching now to the children of Israel, preaching peace to Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Now he's preaching. He hasn't stopped. So I'm not going to stop. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good 
in healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. For we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. He's preaching, so I'm going to keep going. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, watch this here, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 42, he's still preaching. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witnessed that through his name, whoever believes in him, We'll receive remission of sins. Now, Sister Madeline, be waiting on me at sec at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Now I know people. He's preaching. This is a part he's preaching. But they'll skip all the way to this scripture right here and pull this scripture out to make it stand alone. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, what's his name? Whosoever believe in him will receive remission of sins. The word believe don't mean entrust your spiritual well-being to Christ. If you trust him, then you will obey the word. What he's talking about believing here is believing and obeying. That's why it said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Go ye therefore in all the world and preach the gospel to how many creatures? He that believeth and is what? Shall be what? So if their sins are going to be remitted, the only way we know that they believe is by being baptized. Baptized not only in water, but they're going to be baptized also in the spirit. So you can't make this stand by itself. It needs to be interpreted the right way. So if you want remission of sins, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Now, while he's preaching, let's go to the next scripture. Look what happened. While Peter was still speaking these words, what words? The words that start at verse 34 all the way to verse 43. While he was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, fell on all those who heard the word. Wait a minute. So the Holy Ghost only fell on those, all those, who heard the word. It it was more than noise. The Holy Ghost fell on all those who gave audience to the sound, to the noise, to the sayings of God's word, and they understood what God was saying. And they opened the door. He only fell on those who heard the word that came to know and understood the word. How do we know the spirit of God fell on all those who heard the word? Here it is, next scripture. Oh, it's me. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, six brothers 
that had received the Holy Ghost along with, with uh, Peter came with him. They were shocked because as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Ghost had been poured out on the Gentiles also. They thought it was just for them. And notice he called it a gift. Let me borrow your Bible. It's a good Bible. So if this was a gift, the Holy Ghost is going, and you understand that I want to give you this gift. It's still my gift while it's in my hand. I can reach out. Hold your hands out. Uh, both of them. I ain't going to give you no money, but hold your hands out and stuff. And, 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 I, and I hit your hand with the, with, with the gift. And I, and I hit you here with the gift. That hair is pretty. What do you use on his? You see him? You see your son over here ducking? Do he take the mirror? Do he take the mirror from you? I was just checking. So, this is what God to do. I want you to have this. But until he reaches out and embrace it and receive it, then it's not his. But the minute he take it and bring it in, that is his gift. So when the Holy Ghost fell on him, when it came up on them, they had a choice to make. It's up to them. They know God wanted to give it to them. So it's up to them to embrace it, to receive it. And look what happened. Oh, it's me. For they, for, boy, you trying to make me speak in tongues down here? For they, for they what? They heard them. Speak with what? Oh, and, and do what? So when, when it fell on them and they received him, they welcomed him into their house. They began to speak with other tongues. God made it known to them that he has just showed up in their house. God's going to make it known to some people today that he's going to be in your house. Now, you go, well, well, we don't know what they were saying. No, you don't. But God is not talking to you. When he's speaking his saying through them, he's speaking to himself. First Corinthians 14 and 2. Oh, my goodness. Let's look at it real quick. First Corinthians 14 and 2. You can go ahead and start strumming. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Speaks to who? To God. Ah, uh, so he's not, he's not speaking to man. So when you speak in a tongue, it is God taking your tongue and speaking through you. But you're speaking the sayings of God to God. Is that all of it, Sister Madeline? For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Ah, and so you don't suppose to understand it because they're speaking to God. Now, 
Sister Malin, go over to 1 Corinthians 12 and 3. We're just about, we're just about there. Because God is going to make it known if you open up to him today. He's going to make his presence known. I'm going to be very detailed on how we're explaining. And I'm telling you, if you do exactly what you're instructed today, and when he come and pray, if you pray like you did last week, whoo, man, God's going to honor. He's going to honor that. He's going to honor that. And people are going to get the Holy Ghost. So let's read this in 1 Corinthians 12 and 3. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. So when you're speaking by the Spirit, you may not know what you're saying, but you're not calling him a curse. You're yielding your tongue to him. And while you're yielding your tongue to him, look at the next part. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Uh huh. And so while you're yielding your tongue to him, God is acknowledging to himself who he is by you yielding your tongue. And so God is going to do it today.